0: What is the single film that you've seen the most times in the cinema?
1: The most times? Yeah. Wait, in the cinema or act- just most times in general?
0: In the cinema, as in you went and purchased a ticket for the same t- cinema. but P- Presumably it's like if you've then seen it in like a revival showing.
1: Okay. I'll, Does I'll, that count? Uh, have you got an instance of that? Uh, no, I'll be yeah. honest. Oh, <laughs> wait, oh, no, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, so the one that I've seen... In the cinema for legit, like, Mm -hmm. when it's been released would probably be The Force Awakens. Okay. Because they had a deal on at the particular cinema chain, which I won't mention, uh, Mm -hmm. where you – I think it was – if you saw it three or more times, they gave you, like, a poster –
0: that's so <laughs> cheap. That's so cheap.
1: And and me being you know giving into capitalism, mm. I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. I'll go. i you know like can't wait to go see the new Star Wars movie. It, like and can't wait to get a cool exclusive poster. And looking back on it, I'm just like,
0: what? I could have just bought a poster. But that's also <laughs> exactly the kind of movie where you can predict that people are going to be inclined to see it three times. Yeah, yeah. Based on the fan base.
1: Exactly, exactly. So did
0: you see it three times?
1: I saw it about four times, I think. I saw it opening day. I saw it...
0: Did um, you go to a midnight screening?
1: No, we actually went... We missed out on midnight screening Mm -hmm. tickets. We got it like... Me and my friend got at nine a.m. or something the next day, oh, and, we, okay. and we ran into the shopping center like we blocked our ears. Still, and everything. Would, still would have
0: been packed, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, a.m. Yeah. That, yeah. that was that was bizarre when that movie came out because it did feel like that. You know, once every couple of years, I think the last time that I would have experienced something like that would have been the last Harry Potter movie came out. Yeah,
1: that like a yeah. like
0: the the proper event sensation of a of a screening. Well,
1: I mean, like the. The Magic's almost kind of gone a bit because we're getting, like, a Star Wars movie every mm. year now. But, like, that was a point where it's like, Star Wars had yeah. been Hadn't gone for, for a like, a, yeah. almost a decade, and, like, all of a sudden it's back and, like, new creative team, and you just like, mm. you had no idea where it was going. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that one. My close My close second would actually have to be The Room.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay. But
1: I never saw that
0: in cinemas. Um, in hundred two, and three, everybody two thousand three. Two hundred and three. Two hundred and three. No yeah, um,
1: BC there's, a- uh, AD. There's a Eye um, House Cinema uh, in Perth here that uh, every year they do a like a, re- a retrospective screening <coughs> of it, and they uh, they get you to throw spoons at the screen and stuff like that. So I've been about. I think I've been about four times with that one as well, because um, I've taken various people to that mm. one. Um, I don't yeah. think
0: I've ever seen the room. Really? Ever. No.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I, don't, I don't.
0: I don't. I'm gonna sound like a like a hipster wanker, but I, I don't get the appeal. To be honest, I okay. think it's interesting that that that, yeah. that 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 kind of movie's reached the success that it has. But like, I
1: I will say, mm-hmm. like, after subsequent viewings, I feel like you know, like it. Y- I think you need to watch it, like spread out a little bit because like there were uh, there were two screens I watched it like quite close to each other and it kind of became a little bit like less funny as it went along um what I will say though, definitely check out the book, The Disaster Artist. Oh, I
0: saw the I saw the film, and mm. I did enjoy the 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 uh, James Franco and uh, yeah. his Dave Franco. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I am interested. I am interested in it in it as a story, as yeah, like yeah, in yeah. terms of the yeah. Tommy Wiseau and uh, Greg it Castero. Castero, yeah. I'm interested in that in that narrative, but the idea of sitting through a an hour and a half movie, you just gulp it. Yeah. Not necessarily how bad it is, but just just the awkwardness is. Uh, mm. I don't know, it it doesn't appeal to me. Like, I don't mind that people like it for that reason, it's just not my cup of tea. Okay. Yeah, but I ask that question only because, you know, in a a minute, once we... Welcome to episode five of The Pool Room, I should say. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Welcome to episode five. Uh, I'm Jesse, and with me is Lachlan. Yeah, hello. Hey.
0: I forgot about that, we got carried away. Yeah, that's right, we're doing a podcast. (laughs) I forgot these microphones were even here. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the only reason I ask is because pretty soon I'm about to say, oh, what have you been watching? Mm. And the only thing that I can give an answer to that is I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the fifth time on Saturday. Oh, nice. (laughs) So I think this year so far, that's the movie I've seen the most times. Thinking back in the past of which movies I would have seen the most uh, in the cinema, it would probably go back to something from when I was very, very young and be either Shrek or Chicken Run, I think.
1: Okay. Chicken yep.
0: Run being from like when was Chicken Run two thousand and then Shrek two thousand was Shrek two thousand and one
1: possibly um, pre or post nine eleven.
0: I think it was pre.
1: Yeah, it it was. I remember it came. simpler I remember it
0: came it out, yeah, I it came out um, <laughs> on video. I think in two thousand and one, late two thousand and one. Mm, okay. But there are a few movies that that I remember. I've got very distinct memories of going to see in the cinemas, mm. like. Cats and Dogs and Shrek and Chicken Run and that Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Did you ever see that movie with Robert De Niro as Fearless Leader?
1: Wait, what? No.
0: What? (laughs) You know Rocky and Bullwinkle, like the the cartoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a live action version. Well, live action. They had, uh, it was like live action, Rocky and Bullwinkle being CGI characters. Um, And who was it? Jason Alexander playing Boris, you know that little the you know how that how, how the villains are like russian oh, yeah, sort yeah. of generic 60s uh <laughs> <laughs> cold war <laughs> villain types. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Robert De Niro's fearless leader uh Natasha was Rene Russo and then Jason Alexander was Boris the The actress Piper Perabo was in it as well. She's in *Cheaper by the Dozen*. She was the eldest oh, of the twelve. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was in a she was in a show for a time, but I remember seeing that in the cinema a few times and seeing that in video. And I went to went to watch it again the other the other week, and it's so bizarre. So bizarre. Such a strange movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What have you been watching?
1: Okay, so I've been watching. I've been watching some stuff. Um, I uh, going back to a little bit more borderline classic cinema, I've been watching, uh, I, for the very first time, went to a screening of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh,
0: where was, where, uh, where and when was that? Uh,
1: so that was playing at Parody, so that right. was last week, um, a couple weeks now, depending on when That's, you're listening
0: to this. It doesn't seem that long ago that, that, that it was some kind of Texas Chainsaw anniversary and they were doing a similar thing with the mm. 4K rendering of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, basically... Like, yeah, I'd i been given this Blu-ray from a friend a while ago mm. and he was like, make sure you listen, uh make sure you watch this, it's amazing, it's amazing. I'm like, okay, cool. Never got around to it, it's mm. been sitting on my shelf. And he also said... When you do watch it, make sure you crank up the sound. Make mm. sure you've got a good sound system. for
0: yeah, it. the rum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And
1: then I was, I was, I was tempted to watch it a couple of weeks ago.
0: Until <laughs> I you were right to say I was tempted to watch it on mute. Just fuck them. <laughs> just, <so, laughs> just, did something. you enjoy the sound? <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Boycotting bear the sound. quiet. <laughs>
1: Oh gosh, but um, yeah. So I was tempted to w- watch my Blu-ray about a month ago, and then I um saw that there was a screening happening. I was like, "Hang on a minute! If I'm gonna watch this, I need mm. to watch it in a cinema." Here, so I made my way to a screening, and mate, this mm. movie was like next level.
0: <laughs> I, re- I I enjoyed. I, I I would. I've only seen it in uh, on a home mm. video release, yeah, and it would be that four K that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. I know that on like the JB Hi-Fi website, they've got a, another release of it coming out, like another home video release okay, of yeah. it, but it, it's not signposted by any kind of definitive Special Collectors Ultimate Edition or something like that. It's, it's just the Texas Chainsaw on, yeah. on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, no, I enjoyed Texas Chainsaw. And weirdly, I think there's a bit of a link between Texas Chainsaw yeah, and the movie we yeah, yeah doing yeah. this week.
1: Yeah, well, what, what I really liked about it is I think a lot of Horror films uh, in the recent memories. They try to, and I mean, some of them do them really well, but I think some of them fall into the trap of overcomplicating things mm. and making it like a thinking man's horror where it's like, oh, it's a metaphor for this, and mm. oh, this is, yeah, symbolic of blah, blah, blah. But what I just liked about this is the fact that it's like, it's literally like in the title, it's about a guy. And he's got a chainsaw and and he's just running around like he's just a mindless killing machine. I just I love these kind of, you know, these films that know what they are Mm. and they don't try to, you know, bamboozle you with all this mumbo jumbo and everything mm. it's just like no it's just a guy doing mm. a thing
0: it feels quite grotty as well that movie yeah, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of grime yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know the, when, when when you get into that house and there's corpses and bones and mm. decayed flesh oh, and things yeah. I think like the art you can direction. nearly smell the fucking mm. decaying organic matter
1: yeah the, uh, the art direction it, yeah. know, it's amazing I will say though there was one moment where I had a bit of a chuckle to myself um, there's a moment where he's chasing oh what's what's the name of the main girl that Survives towards the end. There, I can't remember could the blonde. I, like yeah. uh, uh,
0: the blonde I can lady. see her face. Yeah, I can see her face peering from the back of that ute in like one of the final shots.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a moment where she's being chased through the forest at night, and he's just like hacking through all the bushes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, trying to get to her. And there's a couple of like long shots of him just like kind of r- running from afar, like just kind of slowly run, and because he's a big guy, he's like slowly he running lumbers, after. He? Yeah. yeah, he lumbers along, and all I could think about was um. You know that bit in Rick and Morty with, um, Krumb- is it Crombopulus Michael,
0: the assassin? You're, test- you're testing my memory, but... Uh, I think there's a character... Do you know what? I'm going to say, yes, I do, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> what a humorous comparison.
1: Um, Go on. Uh, you know, uh, there's a character, I think his name's like Crombopulus Michael or something like that. Yeah. And he's like this assassin, but he's, he comes off as quite pleasant. All I could think about was his voice in one. There's one particular line that he has in one episode where he's just like, "Oh boy, here I go killing <laughs> again." <laughs> I like just like picture that, but over <laughs> over, over Leatherface, leather just like,
0: "Oh boy, here I go killing again." Leatherface is a playable character on um, Mortal Kombat 10. Really? As well, yeah, and he's got fatalities that just you know chopping people down the middle and oh, they have some things like that. There's
1: some gruesome deaths in that movie.
0: Yeah. It's mental. Chucking a guy on a no,
1: lady on a hook.
0: Yes. <laughs> lady on a hook. Yeah, lady on a hook. What happens? There's a lady on a hook.
1: Well, that, I will say one of the most disturbing elements of this movie is the really, really, really old grandfather.
0: Yeah, yeah, that no, that, yeah.
1: that messed me up
0: so. <laughs> I think but, it's the family affiliation that you get with it.
1: Yeah, and how he's like yeah. licking the. Th- sucking on the
0: fingers and you're
1: like ugh because like you think he's dead and then he just randomly starts moving you're like oh what? (laughs) Yeah
0: and it's a bit grimy I mean I think I I like a lot of um, horror I like I like horror as a genre. I don't always uh, gravitate towards it. I think there, I like, there are some horror movies that I really, really love, and then there are some that are meant to be you know, mainstays of the genre, uh, the genre that I'm kind of like, oh, I can, I can give or take yeah. that. I really, I really like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I've only seen it a few times. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of a lot of – and it's a, it's a trend that you get in a lot, but not all of horrors where the, like, the last third is effectively cat and mouse – yeah, exactly. Okay. Because I, I, sometimes I find that that goes on a little too much. Mm. Um, however, Texas Chainsaw Massacre I think is one of the few where I'm like, it, even though it ends up cat and mouse, and it's cat yeah. and mouse actually for for a lot of the movie. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the cat and mouse. And yeah, I, and I particularly
1: because it. it it is actually quite short. It's only like it an, good, an hour and thirty minutes. Mm. Quite succinct.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I yeah. Um, what have you been watching?
0: Fuck all, oh, Jesse. I've uh, been so let down. Busy. Um, like like I say, I went to see. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the fifth time, just to take a friend who hadn't seen it before. Yeah. I, I like that movie. I, d- I didn't really like it the first time. The second time, I didn't know if I liked it either. The third time, I still wasn't sure. The fourth time, I was starting to warm to a bit. And the fifth time, I'm like... I'm looking, You've already given all yeah, the money away to this. I was just like the fifth time I'm looking forward to this coming out on Blu-ray and just just using it as the kind of movie that you can put on and have in the background and just and just feel the ambience of of, of the time and the characters yeah, just for sure. exude from it. Exude. Um, I think I, I had a good solid think about it the first three times where I was so unsure as to whether I liked it just because there are a lot of things that I really liked and then other things where I was like why is that there? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, it's his movie. He can do whatever he wants. Mm. Like, doesn't matter. Like, all all this is coming down to his, you know, preference on whether I like it or not. But then yeah. there, are, there are components of it that I'm like, does that need to be there? Do I like the fact that that's there? But that it was compared to things that, that were in it that I'm like, oh, I really, really like this, yeah. particularly the ending. Um, but then, I was surprised to see, I mean, that movie's been out for, like, how long now? Two like, months. Yeah,
1: two months close to, yeah. Yeah,
0: and the the screening that I went to was not packed, but there was a sizable number of people in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you've got, like, Joker that's still out, you'd mm. think that they'd all be in that screening, yeah. Or
0: what, what came out last week? Was there a big release last week, or what came out? Uh, Maleficent? Yeah, why aren't they watching that? No, nah, um, <laughs> Zombie Land came out. Z- oh, yeah.
1: that's oh, they made another one. Yeah, uh,
0: I wasn't a big fan of the the first one even just because I thought that it was like I watched an honest trailers rendition of it. Yeah, and they described it as like Shaun of the Dead, but for America. America, and I was like, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you know, where where there's like nuance yeah. and subtlety in Shaun of the Dead zombie Zombieland's just, just got this big dick energy that's to do with, you know...
1: Waving a big American flag. Yeah,
0: excess. The, the goal's in excess, and that feels yeah. like it's kind of the point. Like, Zombieland's a good time, but, yeah. uh, like, I think it... I think what used to annoy me was that there were people like, "Oh man, it's so much better than Short of the Dead." And I'm like, "Nah." Yeah,
1: nah, no, nah, exactly. And I'm like, "Get out,
0: get out from under my porch." <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Nah. But no, I haven't watched a lot. Yeah. Well,
1: um, I did watch one other thing. I actually watched a, or well, started watching a TV show. I'm about three episodes in as of yesterday. Um, I started watching a most recent uh, TV series called Rami. Have you heard of Rami? <laughs> It's A24 produced, I think. Do they do TV, too? they? They've started doing oh, TV. Wow. So okay. they did Euphoria, the one with.
0: I've heard of that, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Zendaya. And they've yeah. also, I think they've produced, yeah, this um, uh, r- uh, show, Rami. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of like a drama with comedic elements mm-hmm. in it. Um, and it's uh, about this character called Rami. Played by an act, uh, the actor uh, Rami Yusuf, uh, and he's also. You mean there
0: are two people working right now in mainstream media that have got the first name Rami?
1: No, 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 no. So he. Oh, you uh, you mean Rami Malik? Yeah. Oh no. So this is R A M Y.
0: Oh okay. Yeah okay. So
1: <laughs> there is a difference. But um, this guy he is not only really the actor of the sh- uh, main actor of the show, but he's also the series creator. Oh okay. So like. And you can really tell because it really does feel like a passion project. Mm. Um, he's, he, he writes a heap of the episodes as well. Um, but essentially the premise of it is it's about this this 20-something-year-old guy uh, living in America. He's, uh, he, he's a Muslim and he's um, trying to find a balance between the world he lives in and the way he was raised. So he's like... He wants to be a devout Muslim. He wants to follow, you know, he wants to follow all the rules and regulations that they've got uh, associated with that religion. Um, you know, he wants to do right by his family and stuff like that. But also at the same time, he's living in America. He wants to, you know, uh, land of opportunity. He wants to, you know, be a free person and do his own thing. And so it's just him trying to, like, struggle to get the best of both worlds. Mm. Um it is... It, I'm three episodes in it, and I'm just... I'm really enjoying it. It's, like, it's... It has its funny moments, but it doesn't take away from, like, the real sincere kind of moments. Um, and it's just nice to see, like, a film... Or no, sorry, a show where, like, um, you know, it, it's not overly stereotypical mm-hmm. because it's, like, it's, it's made by this particular group of people. It's not making fun of... Mm of of them and marginalizing them, and it's um kind of just putting the you know theres uh, the world there's there's a lot of division amongst the world, but it's just nice to see that oh then. You know, they're just normal people just like us mm-hmm. kind of thing. They've just got slightly different ways of li- living.
0: And uh, where can we view this if we were that way? Inclined? So this
1: is available, all of season one is on Stan at the moment. Oh, okay. So. Is it a
0: recent addition to Stan or is it?
1: Yeah, it came out about a couple of weeks ago.
0: Do you know what? That's where I've heard of it. Have you got that app, um, Just Watch, and it gives no. you, oh, dude, get it. And yeah. Listeners, yeah. get it. Because it's like <laughs> basically what it is. Firstly, it's a search filter for like, oh, I, mm. I want to see if this particular product is available on yeah. these screening ser- services. Uh, streaming services and you know you type it in cons- and they'd say oh this is available on SBS mm. On Demand or yeah. iView or Netflix or uh, Stan or yeah. is there another one that we have here in Australia to stars stars isn't a thing is it
1: we've got Mubi but I think what
0: that what the fuck is movie
1: Mubi? <laughs> Mubi have you never heard of movie?
0: Of the, the cow in no, no, no. <laughs> the Kevin Smith universe. So
1: Movie is a website where they give you 30 days to uh, So every day they release a new movie, mainly uh, classic cinema, mm-hmm. and they give you 30 days to watch it. So then you've got a category of exactly 30...
0: That's a pretty good idea. 30
1: films, and each of them will have, like, a countdown. So it'll say 28 days left for this one. Dude, that's, that's, days that's the kind of push one.
0: that I need to get yeah. to view things because I swear there's shit in my Netflix list that yeah. has literally been there for two years. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, it's just been piling on.
1: Yeah, it is really good. I think it's, like, nine ninety nine a month That's not something like that. But anyways, Rami, really good. There's I'm up to... I, I just finished this episode where he had... um come across, uh, he, he needed to find work. And so, you know, he wants to do a job that he loves, but, like, um, his family are like, no, you need to find a job, you know, something that's going to put food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're like, why don't you work for a, your uncle? And he's like, yeah, no, but he's a little bit racist. And they're like, no, 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 go work for your uncle. Opening scene, he's like the most racist guy <laughs> in the show. And it's quite interesting to see, like, you know, We think of racism as, like, one particular group of people versus another. Particularly, like, you know, we think of white people as being racist. But there's even, like, this, like, kind of internal division, you know, amongst all communities. Mm. Um, And he's just, like, he's very anti-Semitic. And so it's, it's, it's so bad. So, like, just... Watching, watching this uncle like talk about like certain groups of people, and like the guy's just like cringing so hard. He's like, uh, "Okay," <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it, it's a very interesting show. I would highly recommend watching. I'll it. give
0: it a go. Yeah, yeah I'll wait for I wait for the uh, for the influxes. I think
1: that I think there's about ten uh ten episodes, and they're all about like twenty five minutes long or something okay. like that. So it's easy to breeze okay. through. So, Fair
0: enough. Yeah, decent. Hmm. I'll chuck it on my ever-expanding list of Stan. Ever-expanding. Stan, yeah. stand viewing things. I mean, I mentioned last week that the film that we were going to watch this week was on Stan. Yeah. And I think in I think you I, lied to me. <laughs> I lied. I bullshitted. I, I I swear that it was at some point.
1: I had to pay four ninety nine for this one.
0: Oh man, you must to be rent it. <laughs> burnt, <laughs> burnt a hole in me pocket. That did. No, I, I swear it must have been on stand at some point. I swear, but like the fact that it isn't, I'm now left with like, oh, where where this is this available? Because you know, getting ready to to view it, um, I had it, I've got it on DVD, yeah. and I have had it on DVD from around the time that it was first released on DVD. And it's just you know, it's been on my shelf. I've seen it a few times. I've recommended it to people. Um, in my knowledge, it was something that like. Was culty and a, a yeah, few people yeah. knew of, but researching it for the purposes of the the pod, I was realizing that it was actually more. It seemed to have slipped through the cracks a lot uh, more than I thought. Okay. So the fact that it's not available in stand is like, well, you probably could only get it through. Do you? You assume you watch it on something like Google or? Uh, I watch or, it on iTunes. You watch yeah. it on iTunes. Yeah. So you could either go through that or get it on DVD or Blu-ray, knowing that it was it. It wasn't as. Uh, Widely seen as I thought it was, I figured that it was. I get the worry that it might disappear mm. soon, and so leading up to to watching it for the podcast, I even though I had it on DVD, I went and got the Blu Ray, so I knew that I had like a good yeah, a yeah. good a good uh artifact mm. of it. Um, and the film that we were we're to, focusing on this in, week,
1: yeah, and to increase sales, to of increase course. sales,
0: <laughs> to give them more money. But the <laughs> the film that we're watching this week is One Hundred Bloody Acres.
1: You're a good person who's just done some bad things.
0: We've got liquid gold here, mate. We could fertilize the Nullarbor with this gear. He wants my
1: potassium! I'll call for help.
0: One thing that's marked the horror genre since the turn of the 21st century is the prominence of its convergences with comedy. While by no means the first of its kind, the popularity of Shaun of the Dead since its release in 2004 has given way to an abundance of films that attempt to meld the two genres with varying results. Perhaps this is why 100 Bloody Acres, one of relatively few Australian attempts at the horror comedy, slipped through the cracks of mainstream appreciation.
1: In it, brothers Lindsay and Reg Morgan, played by Angus Sampson and Damon Harriman, respectively, run a family business providing blood and bone fertiliser to their local community. Signposted as a horror, audiences can already go some way to predicting how this premise transpires, where their business functions primarily on the collection of marsupial roadkill Rare discoveries of human offerings in the form of car crash victims have previously provided the brothers with successful product. When Reg picks up three stranded festival goers after acquiring yet another human offering for the brothers' industrial mulcher, a hostage situation ensues, in which the brothers seek to contain the trio, lest the true details of their operation become public knowledge, much projection of blood and bone ensues.
0: Directed by brothers Cameron and Colin Cairns, the film premiered at the Melbourne International Film Festival in August of 2012 before receiving a limited release in Australia and the US in 2013. Despite promotional material that sported a quote from Matt Zeitz that described it as the best low-budget horror comedy since Shaun of the Dead, the film made little in return. It was the 10th highest grossing Australian film domestically albeit with a box office income of just over $18,000 while in the states it grossed a little over 6,000.
1: That is not that much.
0: It's not that much at all but then beyond that I, I read an article that said of that year it was also the most downloaded Australian film. Oh really? Um but but, but then beyond that internationally the, the like the 98th of that year, the, like the ninety eighth most downloaded.
1: I I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Australian, but I, news. the thing Why would you is, download that.
0: I don't know that it was that it was solely Australian people because I, I can imagine like like I was like we said in that intro that Sh- Shaun of the Dead's had something of a set of precedents for horror comedy. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that since Shaun of the Dead, there's been bulk that have come out like Zombie Land and uh, Dead Snow and. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Which, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's fairly mm, similar to what to One Hundred Bloody Acres. Like
1: Attack the Block too. Attack the Block. Yeah, I, I suppose of, like is, it's yeah. kind of got that. Well, I mean, it's Joe Cornish.
0: Joe Cornish, Edgar Wright produced. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's been a lot, so I imagine if there's entries in the horror comedy uh, genre. Firstly, I feel like there's a lot of them. Secondly, I think if if, if through whatever means, something like this becomes available to download quite early on. Mm. Um, after its release, people opt to do that over going to see it in cinemas. I think beyond that, I th- there was it was released in relatively few th- cinemas locally. I think it was only six oh. nationwide. Yeah. I know that when it came out, Luna was showing it, and it was reviewed on at the movies with Margaret da- and David in an episode where Margaret and David actually weren't on it, but it was... Uh, Judith Lucy and another guy I can't remember that guy's name but in the same week they were reviewing The World's End which is the third Cornetta yeah, yeah, yeah. movie um, when I was watching it this time around it's been in my player for like a, a day now yeah. I was looking at the at the fucking um, the blooper reel and there's a bit where you know there's the line where Angus Sampson's like uh, you're on 100 bloody acres oh, yeah. and then he and then <laughs> they did a blooper reel of it where he converted it to hectares <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're on one hundred bloody
0: hectares. <laughs> no, it is like you're on six point eight hectares or something <laughs> like that. I don't know what. I don't know. What is an acre to a hectare? Fuck no, this isn't math. Someone right. Google it, please. Yeah, you you do it. That's not You math, do the math, we're care. not mathematicians. I'm not saying that six point eight heca- hectares is the equivalent of hundred bloody acres. But maybe it is. And maybe maybe I am or maybe it is. Maybe you are. Maybe I am saying that. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm wrong. We should go back to school. Sc- Dude, I, you know. I was thinking about that earlier. So I was listening to a, to an interview when someone talked about Pythagoras, and I was like, oh yeah, Pythagoras. How do you do that again? <laughs> and I spent a good ten minutes just going right. And so it was a squared b, and then eventually I was like, who gives a fuck? And <laughs> I, I, I just stopped. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like me the other day. I was like, I've never needed
1: to know about the mitochondria.
0: <laughs> Billy Connolly does this good thing where he's like the way they frame some ma- mathematical questions is just is just ridiculous. It's like if you go up to someone and ask for directions and they and you you know you said excuse me can you sh- can you show me where the windmill is and they went sure so, let x equal the windmill. <laughs> you wouldn't listen to them. You wouldn't. <laughs> you just walk away. But anyway, 100 bloody acres. I brought this to you. Yeah, you did. And. uh you watched it i hope yeah oh yeah i watched i hope it. i hope you This talk, was you another this instance
1: seriously. of me saying oh yeah i'm going to like i'm going to prepare for this i'm going to watch this early and then life happens and then i watch it the night before <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i re i rewatched it for the pod like literally about 3 hours ago oh nice From recording yeah <laughs> but uh, but i was aware of it when it was when it was released domestically in 2013 and i didn't get to see it in the cinemas the following Christmas coming into a bit of money as you do when you get you know how good long, old Christmas, Christmas Christmas money Yeah, I would have been around blah, 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 15 six, I would have been 16 wait um, in 2015 or
1: 13 13 13
0: yeah I would have been about 16
1: yeah I
0: yeah. picked I picked it up on DVD watched it quite enjoyed it yeah I mean yeah. I think what really I really enjoyed about it was obviously a lot of the, the gross out components and the the sinister edge that it does have, but then it also does have a a humor that's totally its own, I think. I think the sense of humor that this movie espouses feels quite unique to mm. it, but then more than that in line with kind of uh, backwaters rural Australia. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um and I, I really liked it and was and was sort of, of the of the mind that it was just it was just a an undiscovered gem
1: yeah, yeah. when it came
0: to when it came to Australian horror cinema. This is also before that movie Wormwood came out.
1: Yes. Um, like that like that kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah. Like when I first saw this, I was like, Oh yeah, this 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 I, I, I feel shades of Wormwood. Yeah. Um and interestingly, yeah, they did can't come out around that mm. same time. I think twenty fifteen was Wormwood.
0: 2015 was. I remember uh, in around 2013 reading an article in the Australian version of Empire magazine that um described that was on the production of Wormwood, and at that point they didn't have a release date. Yeah, and it was like, oh, we'll look out for that Australian zombie movie yeah, that's yeah, coming out. Yeah. soon. And literally, like you know, two years Might went by. Might even
1: have been 2014, possibly.
0: I think it might have premiered in 2014, but I remember in early 2015 it getting a cinema release and then my media teacher showing it to us because I, I, I was still at school. Yeah. Our media teacher getting hold of a copy of it and, and showing it to us as a class and going, oh, like, you is.
1: got to watch that in media class.
0: Yeah. Well, it was pretty cool. He, he'd put out like a, a sort of a, a, uh, a disclaimer Letter to parents saying we will be watching films that are at most MA. If you guys don't reply, I'll take your silence as uh, mm. as confirmation that you're accepting of this or something to yeah. that effect. Um, yeah. But I, there's something about it that about rural Australia that that makes it a viable stage for chronic bloodshed. <laughs> chronic I think bloodshed. I think like you know the obviously horror like well as we said in that in, in the introduction, and I don't know that there's a lot of Australian horror comedy. And I was trying to think even now, since 100 Bloody Acres, what other horror comedies have come out of Australia?
1: Mm, horror comedies. Um,
0: I am blanking. <laughs> I, I, I'm i genuinely thinking like, uh, there are a lot, I can think of many in Australian horror. I can't think of many horror comedies.
1: I mean, it's not, it's not really a horror. No, it, actually, it's very much not a horror. Um, but... I could kind of like. Do you remember that mo- movie, Kill Me Three Times, with Simon Pegg? Yeah. Like. Yeah. That, like that's a, a violent. Yeah. That feels
0: like someone's tried to do Tarantino style. Yeah. Cohen brothers esque Martin McDonough. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Thing. Well, to be fair, I think I think Martin McDonough's somewhat influenced by Tarantino, but yeah. um, I feel like yeah, that was you know the. the
1: it's not a horror, but like where I think of like a violent. Comedy. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I felt
0: that. with that, and this is going off one uh, off the topic of one hundred bloody acres. But I felt with that, and it's a similar thing that I felt with one uh, with a uh, brother's nest. Yeah, that they've got the the thriller y crime component, and then the the addition of the comedy felt kind of forced. I felt that with with Brothers Nest in particular, and Kill Me Three Times, where it was like, okay, you've got this narrative, and it's like, all right, we need a wedge in some humour because people just love that uh, crime comedy deal.
1: Okay, yeah. I
0: think I think you can you can do that a little more naturally. Like, uh, like my favourite of that whole kind of genre mm. is probably Fargo, genuinely. Because mm. I feel well, like,
1: I disagree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of 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 which one, Brothers uh, Nest. Brothers or? Nest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I just saw. I saw some of the dialogue. I also didn't know, and I only discovered until when we were doing Kenny last week that that uh, the Jacobsons didn't write that. Really? No, Clayton directed it, but it was yeah. it was uh, an external. Yeah, script.
1: actually, no, that's right. Sorry, I I completely mind blanked on something. I actually went to a previous screening of that where Clayton was there.
0: Oh, was that at a reading? Reading. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and
1: and he was talking about um, uh, how they've been traveling around Australia promoting the, like the film. And um, uh, Shane Jacobson couldn't make it because, like, he sprained his ankle or something. Oh, on the set. really? And yeah. so, like, they couldn't get him onto a plane. And so the only he, – he, he's doing, like, the East – he was doing the East Coast tour because they could chuck him on a – so they'd actually been traveling most of it by bus. <laughs> he wasn't lying or anything because I remember seeing, like, a f- picture in the newspaper or something of him in, like, a seat with his foot up in a cast or something Not like right. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, sorry hundred bloody acres. I
0: mean, I'm still sat here trying to think of an Australian horror comedy and I'm probably going to embarrass myself come the end of this podcast and not remembering one that's come out. Um, Bear with me, I'm going to do a quick Google. Okay, looking at something I've got here. There are 23 entries in the Wikipedia page listed Australian comedy horror films. Really? The first listed and it's based on the fact that when you list things uh, alphabetically on... Wikipedia, the numbers, the numerical titles are listed first. The top one is 100 Bloody Acres. But then included in this is uh, The Howling 3. Now, my understanding of The Howling 3 is that that wasn't intended as a comedy and that just it just came across as uh, funny. I've it was. never crap. heard of The Howling 3. The Howling 3. Well, the Howling 1 was a movie by Joe Dante who did Piranha and then also the Gremlins movies. Oh, okay, yeah. And that's like, a, it's, it's actually not a bad werewolf movie, but then The Howling 3 was Howling 3 colon The Marsupials. And it was okay. like, it was, it, yeah, it's in. Uh, they mention it in uh, Not Quite Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, quite
0: yeah. A, It's quite corny and cheesy and yeah. the like. But uh, beyond that, they also mentioned Red Billabong. I saw that on TV a little while ago. Actually, that, Red Billabong.
1: Red Billabong. I remember. I think it was that Supernova or something mm. like that. And they had like the cast and crew there just promoting it. And I think
0: I didn't think it was a comedy. Really, I saw, yeah. I saw it on TV. It wasn't. It wasn't funny. But that, they also list Wormwood. Wormwood. Yep. Again, I didn't. I didn't think that was that was uh, a comedy. Really, <laughs> like. no,
1: not really. But I mean, I guess it kind of. There are moments in Wormwood like uh, there's one of the guys he gets in the. Um, Gets in the truck and he's like, Have you got the first aid kit? And he's like, Yep. And then they opened it up and it's just an esky full of beers. Oh, really? <laughs> like,
0: that's what I remember that. That's yeah. the
1: one moment of comedy that I remember that from that movie. I we, I we really need to revisit that
0: movie. We should do that. Yeah. I haven't seen it since I saw it at school. There's also a movie listed here called Me and My Mates versus the Zombie Apocalypse, which features Jim Jeffries, Alex Williamson, and, and Greg Fleet. Okay. With cameos by Eso from Bliss and Iso.
1: I love a good movie with my goodness. a long-winded title.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> me and my mates versus the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I swear I I would have come across this before, but very interesting. Maybe that's something we do for the for the purposes of discovery in this podcast.
1: Quite possibly.
0: My goodness. Anyway, let's actually talk about what we came here to talk 100 about. Hundred bloody acres. Bloody acres. I mean, I like I say when it when it came out, I I seen and heard reviews that were positive yeah. for the most part. I'm now looking at the Rotten Tomatoes scoring page in which it's currently on 79% but in critical rating. What's
1: the total? Only 38 people.
0: Yeah, so that would, I th- isn't it, how, how much does it have to be to be certified fresh?
1: Um, well, Good question. But, gent, your standard Hollywood film will have about, 120 or so yeah
0: and i think uh, as well as that you need to have a certain number of reviews before you get a certified fresh Mm. count as well as a score over a certain number
1: yeah well it's like yeah and basically because it's a review a review aggregate like the more people you have reviewing it the more evenly distributed the score is going to be like 79 percent based on 38 reviews I don't think that is an accurate reflection. Yeah.
0: Comparatively, forty six percent in audience score from one thousand six hundred and thirty nine user ratings. So that's about half. Now, I've brought this to you, Jesse. I've, I've introduced mm. you to this film. I, I wasn't clearly, I wasn't fully aware of of the reception that this film has.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. But and I'll ask you the same. I really like this movie. Do you?
1: Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, it's a fucking great movie. <laughs> it's great. Like, I,
0: like, part of the reason I, I was so convicted to talk about it for this podcast was the fact that I knew that so few people knew about it. Yeah, yeah. And I really, really love it.
1: I was, like, mad when I was watching this. I was like... How, how have I not heard of this? No before? one fucking knows about yeah. it. Like
0: you, you go to the to your JB hi is probably your Sanities, of goes people. goes the sanity nowadays? All oh, right, don't knock it because fucking <laughs> if you go to Sanify. S- Sanify they they pay $20 JB, more for a JB
1: Like they're the type of people who charge $40 for yeah, a Yeah, but Ray then you still. go to those
0: bins where they're like buy 3 for 50. That's that's a wicked deal. And they, and they're not like they're not like the
1: or you can go niche to niche
0: movies. They're like they would be the, the big releases.
1: Or you could go to JB and get like five
0: for fifty. <laughs> yeah, but they're never the ones that are like the the big are. popular releases. If you go okay, five for fifty, you're talking some of the some of the the DVDs that would usually be like twelve dollars. Whereas the ones in in Sanity are usually the ones that are like twenty. So effectively, you're getting you're getting ten dollars off one of them. Nah. Yeah, three for 50. Honestly, honestly, dude, go to Sanity. You won't regret it. I love Sanity. Sanity, if you're listening, I love you.
1: <laughs> Going out of business. Probably. No, I don't expect <laughs> you to say it
0: back to me, but I love you. Anyways. every way. Speaking of Sanity. Sanity.
1: And people losing their Sanity. Yeah, uh,
0: 100 bloody acres. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were making an offhand comment about me. I was like, how dare you? I'm totally sane. Um, No, I, yeah, I was, it. Totally caught my eye when it was when it was being advertised as part of its cinematic run. I only got around to seeing it on DVD, and like I say, when it came to watching it for this podcast, I went out and bought a Blu-ray copy because prior to it, prior to watching it, I did a little bit of research and saw the reception that it got, not just financially but critically, and was starting to figure that I think this movie is going to disappear fairly soon, quite yeah. sadly. Like I think I'd be I'm I'm assuming that it costs probably between $1 and $2 million to make. Yeah. I think a lot of that's probably gone towards paying the actors but then also the special effects because the Mm. the special effects in this movie are quite intricate. They are. Like the... Obviously in the by way of the premise you're dealing with things getting put through mulches and lots of blood and bone splattering, mm. but more than that, there's there's a very explicit on screen moment where someone gets lowered in and it plays out more or less in close up. Yeah. And for my money, it's one of the best practical horror effects I've seen in a while. Yeah. Like, <laughs> probably ever. Genuinely. Like I think really? when, okay. Yeah, when you watch it, like the way it obviously it's cut together with, you know, you can the, the sound of the guy reacting to it and everything. But when you when you look at that body, there's nothing in my mind when I watch it that's like, oh that's a dummy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I think it's just the way that it's all pieced together. Like I I'd totally subscribe to the idea of they've just lowered a man into a mincer. Because <laughs> usually I think the trend would be to to have that off screen. Yeah, and like you, know, you hear
1: him scream, go, ah
0: <laughs> and I and I dare say it, you know, some people might be of the mind that a tasteful filmmaker <laughs> would have that occur <laughs> off screen. Yeah. But I'm in the context of this total splatterfest, I'm quite happy for an on onsc- for a man to be put through a mincer on screen.
1: Mm. Um We should get that on a shirt. I'm quite happy for it to be put through a mincer. I need that in cinema more often.
0: (laughs) It happens twice in Kingsman. Let's get it up to three in the next plot.
1: Three a year.
0: (laughs) It happens twice in this movie too, but at the same time, I think there's an element of Chekhov's mincer at play. Yeah. Because you see it in action at at one point, and it's it's more of a flippant use. It's to do with someone that they've discovered on on the side of the road who happens to be alive. At the very end, it's used in a final act of retribution where uh, Damon Harriman's. Reg turns on his brother and pulls his brother Lindsay into the mincer, and mm. he gets he gets decimated. Having said that, I think the first time that they put the dude through the mincer and they flat pl- plays out on screen, I think that they should have kept that as the off screen instance of guy getting put through mincer. Yeah, the off screen instance of man through mincer in yeah, the movie. Yeah,
1: because then it like it gives this implication of oh, yep, so someone's being killed, yeah. and you kind of think in your head, oh, like oh, that's probably quite looks quite gross, yeah. and then you save. The actual gory. on-screen death
0: revelation of it, yeah,
1: for like the finale, yeah, um,
0: and that be the climax of the movie. Because honestly, I think that the, the the way that that plays out in the movie is indicative of a very good FX uh, department, which mm. I think is called something like Wicked of Oz. Yeah, I saw
1: something yeah, about it's that. It's yeah, it's listed
0: yeah. in the credits. But then I was also looking at a behind-the-scenes uh, featurette that they've got in on the on the DVD, and they were they were going through the the intricacies of that of that prop, which was literally just the the upper half of a dude, which mm. they then lowered into a, a functioning mincer. And they're there showcasing the, the flesh and saying here we've got the skin layer, there's a layer of fat and then a layer of muscle and tendon wow. and, like, and something like that you're figuring, okay, a lot of your money's probably gone to, to the effects in this movie
1: Yeah, they had like but $3 then, left for yeah,
0: the rest of the movie. But <laughs> I, I had a reason for bringing up the fact that they probably spent a lot of it. Okay, so I'm predicting that this movie's probably cost between $1 and $2 million. Hmm. If Kevin Smith can make Tusk, which has got the, the walrus suit effects, the, yeah. uh, for $2 million, I reckon you could do this for a similar price, yeah, it's then earned like 18000 l- uh, locally and then 6000 in the States.
1: So that's a loss. I
0: think it's fairly... Safe to say that it's probably not broken even. Mm. More than that, I don't know that it would have necessarily broken even in its home media release. To which end, I don't think they're going to reprint DVD or Blu-ray copies of it. So I'm, Mm. I'm, I'm quite happy to get a Blu-ray and DVD copy of it.
1: They're definitely not going to do a 4K release or anything like that.
0: Well, you say that, but hopefully, us broadcasting our love for this movie is going to get people to rush out and watch it. Based on,
1: we're going to call it the Hundred Bloody Cults. (laughs)
0: <laughs> having having said that though, I think even watching it the first time, you get the feel of it. Like it feels like it's just mm-hmm. destined to be a cult movie.
1: Could you imagine? No, but could you imagine a cult, an actual cult based on this movie though? <laughs> like the initiation is like you, like you sit down and you ha- and you have to watch 100 Bloody Acres for the first time. And if you don't think it's amazing, you get lowered into a mints.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that like one of the things that pulls that that I. I really love about it is firstly I think those two the two characters of Reg and, uh, Reg and Lindsay mm. are just great comic creations. Oh they are. And that was affirmed by when I was going through the special features that are on the DVD they also include like Something that plays through the movie is this radio ad that they're constantly yeah. waiting to have uh, mm. appear on is it? I think it's Bernie's the name of the DJ, yeah. <laughs> and they're complaining that he's playing all these other local ads and they're not they're not playing that for their company Morgan's Organic. Recite,
1: yeah, can you Morgan's
0: recite Organic word? will get your garden going great and that's a Morgan Brothers guarantee. Uh, if your soils off the boil some I can't remember uh, a blood and bone or fix you up a treat. I don't know but I yeah. on the DVD menu that's what plays like on yeah, rotation yeah, so yeah. while I was there like making a drink to All sit good. down and All watch organic. it that was just on Fixed repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but like on the um on the uh the DVD release they also have uh video adverts that they filmed in Calgary oh, really? and it is it it's filmed in Almost in on the the implied pretense that Lindsay's gone to this cheap ad manufacturer <laughs> and it's shot on like VHS with <laughs> shitty fucking uh, green screen <laughs> uh, effects uh, but then also them reading from scripts and oh, like yes, Red, it's all <laughs> and Reg and... is like really getting into it and yeah. like proper yeah. uh, properly going for it and then Lindsay's there read, like looking at the camera but then having to look to the side and it's almost as if he's got the lines like, like held up you got, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> and he's stumbling over things and the continuity's all messed up but, that, but there's honestly there's about eight of these ads that oh, last about 30 seconds this. that are on this DVD and one of them's um, all about the company being Australian, uh, an Australian company and buying buying from us, you're contributing to the Australian economy and there's something about... Uh, making Australian businesses stand toe-to-toe with the conglomerates from overseas, <laughs> and Lindsay's there performing us, but then Damon Harriman as Reg is actually getting quite, like, teary about <laughs> it. Like, he's standing so upright and, like, so proud and dominant and saying, we're Australian-made, you buy from Morgans and you contribute to our economy. It's so sweet. But then as well as that, there's a, there's a featurette that they have of um, – Angus Sampson and Damon Harriman in character going to a radio studio to oh, record yeah. the yeah. the um the ad that appears in the movie and the the radio producers are actually played by the Cairns brothers who directed the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like that they've gone to the big city and they go into this big, like, uh, decked-out recording studio and there's a bit where where there's a big, like, plasma screen TV on yeah. one side of the room and Reg goes, uh, oh, how big do you reckon that is, Linz? And, and Angus Sampson go, goes over and goes, don't know. I'll go get the tape measure out the truck, <laughs> and then the producer's like, "No, no, no, no! You've only got this the studio for thirty minutes." And he's like, "Yeah, no, no, do it, do it later, uh, Lindsay, do it later." And they're there, like you know, just, just like in total awe of the surrounding. And while they're recording, like Lindsay's playing with the microphone. <laughs> oh, it's such a spectacle! But oh, I, I didn't feel watch this. It's so good. But it was seeing those featurettes was just totally indicative of the fact that these characters, I think, could ha- could have if not. Have in the future could have had if not have in the future a life beyond this movie that just totally consists of the Mm. interplay because beyond in the movie there being a a toxic relationship of uh, Lindsay Mm. being the dominant bullying force the 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 curator of the components of their business that effectively devolves into murder Mm. Um, and Reg being the the slightly innocent more childlike easily easily led Mm. one the the interplay between them is quite funny, yeah. Like, and and it's it's funny in an almost uh, kitchen sink way. Mm. You know what I mean? Of, of this as being a base family dynamic yeah. that just happens to involve um, uh, decimation of blood and bone.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, go going off what you said about having a life after. Mm. Um, I like. Just having a think about it, like, I wouldn't mind actually seeing, like, a limited what a limited series, like, mm. developed into this. Kind of similar a to A prequel,
0: uh, obviously, because yeah, Lindsay, yeah, yeah. Lindsay meets a, a mulched end Yeah. the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, because, like, it, I could kind of see maybe some parallels between, like, say, you know, you got the movie Fargo. Yeah. And then when they announced the TV show, everyone was like, oh, how could you remake mm. Fargo? You know, this is your masterpiece, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, they actually did come up with some really yeah, cool Fargo, ideas. Great, and, yeah. Yeah, like, There's a new
0: season with them. Um, I think Chris Rock's going to be in it coming soon. Ooh, I think I, I think they're making it now, yeah, and it's coming out next yeah. year, I think. But, I like, I
1: could definitely see a kind of... Maybe not necessarily three seasons, but, like, mm. a, a one-off kind of, like, ten episodes. Oh,
0: I can see that going to something like the ABC. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Half hours... Hmm. Um, kind of maybe
1: expand the town a little bit. Maybe yeah. find out a little bit more about um, what's the old lady that crops up towards the end. Aunt Nance, oh, yeah, Auntie Aunt Nance. Nance.
0: That has got to be one of the greatest revelations I've ever seen. <laughs> because beyond it just being gross out, yeah. like the way that that pans out is like that's one shot. He enters the house. He hears you hear the conversation. You know that if Lindsay finds out that Reg is in the house, he's going to go ape shit. Yeah, yeah. So Reg is there creeping around, and you're following the camera. And you're like you're hearing to what Lindsay's saying which is lying about where Reg is he's mm. saying he's up in Queensland When not be
1: coming down for a while yeah when <laughs> an
0: actual fact to Lindsay's knowledge he's in the boot with uh, Wesley and the corpse of John Jarrett's cop who's had his bla- brains blown out yeah. by, by Angus Sampson and he's creeping around the house and eventually when he goes to have a peer at what at, uh, what Nance and Lindsay are doing Lindsay's eating out Aunt Nance oh, that's... and the shock I remember the it first is... time I saw that that is ingrained that in my mind that was the last fucking thing I was <laughs> expecting. And, like, it's so rare for something to take you off guard like that. Yeah. And it, but at the same time, it's so easy to drop, like, look at how shocking this is. But that was the kind of shock where you're like, I'm confronted and I can't believe that this has happened. But yeah. it so fits Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that that's what would be happening. It does. Like, I mean, at the same time, like... I think the first time I saw it, I was like, well, that's incest. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, she might not be a blood relative. Yeah. I know that still makes it incest, but Mm. I feel like there is a line that can be drawn. I wouldn't draw it myself, but the fact that she's not a blood relative is probably what what lets him justify it. Yeah,
1: no, but also there's the whole thing of like, well, it's a small town. Like, what's the possibility of him just calling her auntie as in like a metaphorical kind of like someone who's been around and is kind of like the town, like... Uh, maternal figure that you know uh, people look up to, like a t- like a town elder mm. kind of. Thing.
0: Well, you can call me a sicko, but I hope that's not the case. And she is actually like <laughs>
1: an auntie, an
0: auntie, but not a blood auntie. I'm not that disgusting, mm. but like you know, I, I you know because that, that just takes away a bit of the shock factor. Yeah, but beyond that, she's also seen at the the very beginning when we were first introduced to the hi- to not the hitchhikers, the uh, the three festival goers. Yeah, she with her dog May Gray. Mm. Uh, the disgruntled too, including the dog. The dog's very disgruntled by this behaviour. <laughs> um, when Wes picks up the photo from the Salvo 6 yeah. and says, like, abducted by retarded aliens, perhaps, she's the one behind us. Yeah, goes, she's the one
1: that, yeah. And, and then, then she ob- walks over to the grave. Obviously
0: yeah. you don't you don't realise how she factors into the story. She's mentioned a few times prior to her actually appearing where after they put the roadie through the mincer and they're talking about they're, they're, they've got the three hostage. Mm. Uh, reg calls her and says, oh I just called to have one of our one of our chats and you get the idea that she's this maternal figure in the absence yeah, yeah. Of, a, of a mother or a father. Um, beyond that there's also a moment where Lindsay's got reg in a headlock and he's he starts you know, T- uh, tightening his grip, and and Lin- uh, Reg says something like, "Remember what Aunt Nance said. T- take your deep breaths." Yeah, yeah. So she's sort of looming in the story before she actually appears. Yeah. But then, yeah. Uh, something you'll notice if you see it a second time is knowing where the revela- where where it's going with the with that grotesque connection between Lindsay and and, and Nance. When she arrives, just before she gets out the ca- the car, she applies lipstick.
1: Oh, And does- just
0: before the revelation that that uh Linz is going to go to town yeah there's a bit where he picks up a trophy, pulls out a pink disposable razor, and shaves his beard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I only noticed it this time around, but like knowing what's coming, you're like, I know why you're doing yeah. that, you dirty dog. But no,
1: no, like, it, the, the bit that I kind of got a slight hint towards was there's a moment where he's wait, uh, waiting outside with her, talking to her, trying to, and he's just cleaned himself up, yeah. and he kind of, like, touches her on, like, the arm yeah. a little bit. And it like,
0: lingers in close-up of yeah, his skin. just yeah, i like, like, with her going skin. Yeah. Like, is yeah. he going
1: to, like, grind her up? Or is he gonna? I don't know. What's what's gonna go oh, on? Oh, that here? was
0: that was just a b- wonderfully grotesque turn that I honestly didn't see coming, and was yeah. so like like I said, it's just it's just so rare for something to shock you, but not shock you in a way that's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Like it like it just yeah. it just totally built that. Um, one thing I really like, and it, it set up quite early on. Firstly, in the 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 pre credit scene with the the introduction of the truck, where, where they've got the the painted. Figures of Reg and Lindsay yeah. on the side, you know, Morgan's organic by yeah. Morgan's g- organic. <laughs> Get, get your, your garden, garden growing, growing. great. Uh, by Bob Clay, who is then later revealed. Who uh, Reg later tells the English, what's his name, Wes. Yeah, uh, was a farmer who lost his lost his hand, and yeah, after that, yeah, yeah. and after get losing helicoptered, his, yeah, he got chopped <laughs> over to the city, and he got he got put back together. I won't lie to you; he had to give up the farming, but it was a blessing in disguise because he became a sign a sign painter. And then you look at that when you look at that um, the side of their truck it's got artwork by Bob Clay yeah. on the side of it. Yeah. Um, but then more than that the, the the sort of credit sequence is a montage of signs all the way, all the way around the town which is which have got similar typefaces which would almost indicate that that's the same that's person. that's right. Yeah. And I think that something that this movie has very strongly to its credit is a strong sense of world. Mm. I think a great deal of effort um, and a great significance is placed on the construction of this world. Even though you don't see like a town centre, you get a total idea of what kind of town this is. It
1: feels bigger than it is, particularly when so. you consider the fact that there's only like five or six cast members or something yeah, in this,
0: and probably five or six locations. Yeah,
1: exactly. But like it, yeah. And I mean, yeah, it is set in a country town, but like you really, it like the scope of it does mm. feel a lot like like a lot more bigger than, yeah, what it, it actually
0: is. And it's relatively short as well. Like, I only realised it on this occasion that it's only, I think it's a little over an hour and 20. Yeah. And it ends quite abruptly. It ends with Reg finally turning on Lindsay and forcing him into the to the mincer, mm. at which point it's, you know, it's cut to credits. Did you stay for that little bit longer where you see... uh,
1: Oh, yeah. So I was just about to exit, um, the f- uh, like, I was, I was just about to close the window when, like, the... Um, so the radio ad plays, and then the final scene plays yeah. at, the, at the very end there. Charlie Wick. Is that his name?
0: No, no, no. Charlie Wick's the name of the uh, the customer who they're that, failing sorry. to provide for in the, <laughs> the course of the film, who runs over... What's his name? James.
1: Yeah, you just runs
0: Like yeah. Fucking Morgan Brothers. I'm going to get my products. That was... Yeah, that was such a good... Uh, it was. I think it was... Uh, I'm into... Two minds about it, just because I think it's quite a blasé way of dealing with that character. I mean, on the one hand, it gets rid of the, the idea that that Reg would possibly go to jail. Mm. Because I think Sophie's more inclined to keep Reg from, from being reprimanded by the law, but that dude was would presumably go on and yeah. and inform people of what had gone on. So once you get rid of him, the idea that Reg and Sophie can live happily ever after is, is more uh, yeah, possible. Yeah. Which... Morally, probably isn't isn't right, right? But yeah. in the context of how the in, in the context of this fantasy that is 100 bloody Acres, because mm. you can probably speaking of fantasies, it. Um, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> that
1: um one particular scene with Reg where in the caravan. He- yeah, in the caravan, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's
1: fantasizing over who is
0: Rebecca it, Gibney. Rebecca
1: Gibney. That's that was another way. thing.
0: I think if you, if that went in overseas, they'd be like, "Who the fuck is Rebecca Gibney?" I think you get the idea that that's just like you know that it's it's a celebrity. It's a Woman's Weekly. Yeah, she yeah, she yeah. was on Packed to the Rafters. She won. Did she win the gold Logie at one point? Oh, I know like that, that when, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Ray Ma won the gold Logie. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I thought Rebecca Gibney would have won. Yeah. Um, I just love the fact that, like, it wasn't
1: even, like, because... I was expecting you know him to be looking at I know like a picture of I know some like Hollywood celebrity or something like that. I just love the fact that it's just a very obscure yeah. Australian it's, reference. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a
0: household kind of celebrity yeah. where it's like you took yeah, it's that kind of Channel Seven yeah yeah, local, yeah. Uh, It's local the celebrity. let's bring
1: out some celebrities to telethon and it's yeah. like yeah the pact It's Lombes Monica Koss. Be, yeah, yeah, yep.
0: yeah. Monica Cost has been doing Today Tonight for, like, as long as I can remember.
1: As long as I've been born, probably. I'd say so. Yeah. Rick and
0: Sue definitely have. They've been around yeah. for fucking ages. You know,
1: I met Rick once. Really? Yeah. He came into uh, one of my workplaces, and he... It was quite interesting, because, like, you only see... Okay, so a bit of context. Uh, uh, Rick uh. Anybody Arden,
0: outside of Perth. Yeah.
1: Rick Arden... Local news presenter. He's been presenting for years on Channel 7.
0: In my head, he hasn't aged, but then I look at the footage that would have been around from when I would have first seen him when I was younger, and he does look different.
1: So I remember seeing... So you, you see him on the news all the time, wearing a suit, his hair pushed back in one particular way. And I saw him at work once... And like it was so weird seeing him in like he's tall, isn't he? Yeah, he's tall. He was wearing a button up, sh- like a button up kind of like Hawaiian shirt and shorts. I had like I've only ever seen that guy from like, mm. th- like the like the, the, the waist up. So to see that man in shorts, like, just was a weird image <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> I was in I was in IKEA uh, a few years ago looking for some shelving because I am that kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I require shelving Shelves. in my home. Yeah, and he was. I, I went up to like a a cabinet and I was looking at it and you know as you do when you're when you're in the vicinity of someone's personal space you sort of inspect whether you're going to be intruding on it if you move in a particular direction and I did sort of a double take and it was him and he was towering above me now it was about what times the news it was around like. 520. 520, yeah. And I was there, like, oh, it's Rick Arden. You know, like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's a local celebrity, it's yeah, yeah. a relatively small place, so I wasn't so shocked. It was more just the fact of, oh, yeah. I, I've seen him so much on TV, and now he's finally here. Yeah. But I was I was too shy to say anything, but if I were a braver man, you know, it was 520. If I were braver, <laughs> I would be like,
1: wait, you're supposed to be yeah, I was like, I, right
0: I was like, ain't you got to work soon? <laughs> <laughs> but then beyond that, I think my dad's like sat next to him, and, he, and Rick Arden's just started conversation with him, and I think my, my dad his account didn't realise who he was until he left <laughs> so in that sense this guy just had like a normal human interaction with him and the think is pretty sweet but no good
1: shelves eh? yeah.
0: <laughs> but having said that I think re- Rebecca Gibney is obviously probably a bigger celebrity than say Rick Arden, but the fact that Lindsay uh, Reg sorry has got this affinity for a for, for a, quite a niche Australian celebrity is, yeah. is pretty, pretty endearing I think
1: I think it is also quite reflective like it, it makes sense for his character because like he is someone that is um you know, he he's someone who takes pride in like local Aussie, mm. you know, business local Aussie, um, music. Yeah, music. Yeah. Uh, lo- uh, he, one of the things he likes about you know Sophie is that she was raised in the countryside, mm. kind of thing. Um, so like, it I it would actually kind of almost be a little bit unrealistic if he fantasised over like these like big A-list Hollywood celebrities. Like yeah I think the, the, I think the
0: sphere of his world is, is quite small. It's quite limited. Like
1: yeah, yeah like to him, you know, um, Rebecca Gibney is like, you know, Miss Miss Universe or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think as well that that, that goes some way in commenting on on a small town Australia. Mm. Not to say that it's as uh What's the word backwards as some of the the, the characters would suggest yeah, in terms yeah. of homophobia and mm. uh, total fear of outsiders? Mm. But I think there is a close knittedness, and I wouldn't say regressiveness, but but components that almost hark back to, to previous times, like with you know the country music that that. Uh, prevailed with like Slim Dusty and John Williamson oh, yeah, that and things John like that. Williamson there's that, that song yeah. uh, Lovable Lad who, that's written by Chad Morgan the guy's oh, name yeah. is that's right have, I've only seen him a few times but he's noted for his massive teeth and also for the fact that this movie features his song Lovable Lad
1: okay, that guy's got massive teeth
0: yeah they've got some girth to them I'll give him that mm. Um, Almost
1: as big as the continent of Australia,
0: <laughs> the Great Australian Bite. Yeah, hey, he's humor. on that made that bite. <laughs> he got a bit hungry. Yeah. Um, no, but I was looking at the at the special features that featured on the, the DVD release of this film, and the Cairns brothers were discussing that one of the jumping off points for this for this movie in terms of writing the script was the the idea of that image where the two uh, James and Wesley is it James. Yeah, where James and Wesley are in the back of uh, Reg's truck, and the hand appears like in the middle of them quite discreetly. Oh yeah, and the idea that they like you know we were we were aware of this presence, and yet they weren't, and it was only a matter of time of that eventually mm. coming to their knowledge, and then the revelation being that they were in the car of someone who's smuggled a, a dead body from from its place in a on the side of the road that was allegedly what, what one of the, the jumping off points for this movie was for the brothers and they said that they got some of their influence just through driving around country victoria and i think you get you get that with the the opening intro the introduction the introductory montage that is essentially a lot of shots of different Icons associated with rural living in Australia. Yeah, you know that you know those kind of like uh, sheep gates that you get the the fences that have seen better days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the signs that are, that suggest you know come in and, and buy in uh, stuff stuff, like I'll, I'll think of what they actually, like you know, like the local free range eggs, you know, come in and buy our free range eggs.
1: Like the local community church that has like the little like letters that you put on our yeah. Says, "Oh, come on down to our local faith yeah. thing that they have. Or like,
0: you know, or the, the, the bowling club or, hmm. or things like that. You know, obviously I don't think that's an exclusively Australian thing, but the way that the, the, the presentation of it is something that obviously resonates if you're familiar with Australian yeah. towns, just the, the idea of a close Community functioning totally off one another, but then there's also a few that are, that concern uh, a rejection of outsiders, which I think is dealt with a lot when it comes to rural horror. But there's one yeah. there's one sign that's something like tourist piss off or something like <laughs> that. Effect. Yeah. So I think as much as this is an Australian effort in horror comedy, the horror that it that it harks back to uh, is things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. um, The Hills Have Eyes, but then even locally things like uh, the cars that ate Paris, or Wake in Fright, and even, of course, most recently something like Wolf Creek, yeah. with that fear of the Australian uh, local yokel, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: not to not to diminish people of country backgrounds. I grew up in the country. Do you know that? Yeah, well,
1: mm, well no, I grew I up down,
0: I grew up down south. Yeah. I
1: I was I was born in Albany. So
0: you were too. I forgot about I that. Born, yeah. See, yeah. it's weird ones. I was born in uh, Katanning
1: Oh, nice, nice. I, see, I was born in Albany and lived there for about three years of my life. Moved up to the city, spent, I was raised in the city, but like, we'd always go down like, pretty yeah. much once or twice a year kind of thing. So yeah. it's practically Albany. Albany's nice. Home. I haven't yeah. been to
0: Albany in a long time. Yeah. But no, I think that, that this movie deals strongly with the iconography associated with small-town Australia. Mm. And I think uh, having that that recurring Sign design, yeah, runs yeah. through the movie. Does it does a solid job of of um, building the building the world. More than that, there, there's that moment where uh, Wes drops acid and he's being chased by <laughs> by Lindsay through is it Fairyland or something like that?
1: Something like that. It like that that really um. There's there's a place somewhere north of Perth uh, called Gnomesville. Well, they Fuck like it, like <laughs> it just reminds me of um because you know when I when I was younger we used to do a lot of traveling around rural Australia and you just come across like some little local towns where like they will have this really like kind of niche
0: attraction attraction so
1: like a gnomesville or something like that and it's it just hilarious seeing like him like taking acid and going through this weird like fairy land Yeah, with
0: animatronic gnomes. What's yeah. What's in, what's what's notable about those kind of attractions in 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 rural Australia is they are as as registered. Describes a fairyland. that they're, mm. they're they're toted by the community as something along the lines of you know oh it's the it's the state's best kept secret, but it's mm. only open on the third Sunday of each month. <laughs> you know that idea that it's you know it, the the idea of yeah it's popular by all accounts and good by all accounts, but it's only it's open so rarely that's mm. surely indicative of the number of people that go there.
1: I am um, speaking of going down to Albany. Uh, South we- Park.
0: <laughs> going down to Albany.
1: Uh, a couple of a couple of years, oh, this would have been actually maybe about five or six years ago. I remember going down one time and we needed to stop for fuel. And we stopped by this one particular roadhouse and we just took one look at it and we were like, what the hell were they thinking? <laughs> Someone had designed a roadhouse in the middle of nowhere. And I kid you not, like the middle of nowhere. Like you, you drive like two minutes down the road, you get no cell reception. Mm. Then you hit this roadhouse. It was like... A witches and warlocks themed roadhouse. Fucking <laughs> you In the middle of like country WA, and it's like got like these skeletons outside, and like they've painted the toilets black, and it's got like a picture of Dracula
0: on well, there. Well, there's one in the in one of the ta- there's a there's a shop in one of the towns that I. That is near where where I'm from. That is literally just a you know a pop culture shop that specialises in sci-fi and yeah. and things like that. And you go inside, they still sell videos and Nintendo sixty four games. See, like honest to god, that's but, so cool. But that like. Honestly, I'm sure there are people in the city that, if they knew this place existed, would flock to it just because yeah, they got yeah. things that they'd have to pay hundreds yeah. of dollars for on eBay. Sadly, they—they they, last time I went in there, which admittedly was a few years ago, they were still charging like standard retail price for videos, as in Ooh. like thirty dollars. And I'm like, nah. nah. But um, but you know, just the fact that you can still go to places and and walk in and see. It's almost like nearly walking into the past and seeing, yeah, yeah. seeing videos on retail shelves. Yeah, Dada Records in the city does a similar thing. Like, literally, there are there are videos in Dada Records of South Park <laughs> that have been there since I first went to Dada Records in, like, 2005. Yeah. Still not been sold.
1: That's so great.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact that there are these things that pop up in, in small-town Australia that, mm. that the, the locals can point to, and obviously if you're a, if you're an outsider and you go through and you're like, oh, that's quite characterful and neat and and niche. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's totally indicative of what goes on in small towns. Mm. Um, I was looking, at, when I was going through the special features, I thought it was interesting of the Cairns brothers to note that what they considered the movie to be was more in line with a horror-adventure comedy. And I think there is a little bit of, there's an excursion, component to it yeah. where I think if you yeah. know that goes, goes some way in, in, in favour of the idea of of you know what goes on in the Australian outback or in the Australian country you know you've got this vast open land as you do in a lot of country locations internationally where effectively the level of possible surveillance is low like so oh, low for sure. so, and it's something they obviously played with in Wolf Creek and they've obviously played, they play with in Texas Chainsaw Massacre but the idea of of crime being able to go unnoticed is, is mm. i think just just something that looms totally around particularly
1: around with um uh, and this is highlighted really well when um the scene where john jarrett shows up and he's yeah. the police officer and he's your typical like country police yeah. officer just like knows everyone super chill about things and like i mean yeah granted he does eventually uh like he he finds out about, you know, Angus Sampson's character mm. and, and what he's concealing in the boot of his car. But like, for the most part, he's just like having a, having a bit of banter with him and, yeah. you know, talking about the, um, uh, the music festival going on down the road and stuff like that. And, you know, Angus Sampson's like, don't worry, it's just a Joey. And he's like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Whatever. That's <laughs> the, uh,
0: the death twitch they do when they cark it. Get- yeah, what I thought was, Twitch, eh? that's a good one. What I thought was really interesting was the way that the the locals seemed to view the music festival. I thought it was similar to how people in Dunsborough view the Leavers. Oh yeah. Uh, events that yeah, happen. like
1: every like everyone from there just despises I it. I remember
0: going to Dunsborough for for Leavers because it's what people do, and mm. I kind of wish I didn't go. It's a bit shit. It's not all that it's cracked up to be Leavers, but like I remember going there and you're given these bands that denote you as Leavers. And walking into a bar with me and a couple of friends and it literally being like that scene in American Werewolf in London where you <laughs> walk into the bar and everybody just stops and looks at you. And just like the music dies the music down. Die. And the, the guy just Everyone is, drops their glasses. The guy who's playing darts misses the board. <laughs> but it was literally like the minute we walked in, the person at the bar was like, we don't serve leavers and kicked us out. Oh, no. I was like, no, we're really not wanted here. And I think that, you know, that's that's a... I suppose it's an understandable attitude because I think a lot of the people that live in Dunsborough are retirees who just mm. want a bit of peace and quiet, and for yeah. a couple of, for a week at the end of the year, some pissed up eighteen year olds invade. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I think that's that's comparable to how the the people of this of the town in this movie are viewing this festival. It's called Stockport Music Festival in the film. Yeah. I don't think it exists. I'm confident it doesn't.
1: I, yeah, that doesn't sound familiar to me.
0: But then more than that, I think that the. I was thinking that this movie was the whole time I was watching it. I was thinking it was set. It's set in Victoria. Mm. Chances are there's a movie. Mainly, it's just my bias towards what I think movies in Australia are usually based in. I thought it was based in Victoria, but it was. It's filmed in South Australia. Oh, okay. Then again, it's not specific about its about its region.
1: I reckon, yeah. But then again, like Victoria and South Australia are quite close to each other, oh, yeah, so yeah. it could. Be either. Yeah. Or. I suppose it
0: doesn't matter. Like the the, the distinction of state doesn't matter, even mm. though there's there's some stigma that goes along with South Australia, probably yeah. quite unfairly. Um, City of wine and churches. Is that what it's actually known as? Well,
1: that's kind of colloquial. Clo- like, yeah, pretty. <laughs> I know. I think I've, I think I've
0: heard the church bit. The, the Actually, no. Yeah, there's a, a there's lot of churches and then right. also
1: a lot of wineries. and yeah. that's about it.
0: Yeah. But I also picked up when I was looking through the special features that uh, the Cairns brothers directed a short film called Celestial Avenue that featured Angus Sampson and premiered at the St Kilda Film Festival. Um, that Damon Harriman saw and when congratulated them on after he'd seen it and said that it would be great to to work with. Work his, with you, them. and then and that's, that's how he got the job. That's yep. how they got the job. Now, uh, when a, before I'd seen One Hundred Bloody Acres, I was familiar with Angus Sampson and Damon Harriman. I'm not sure where I would have seen Damon Harriman before, but... He
1: looks like a familiar face. He's very yeah.
0: familiar, but having, having said that, after s- having seen 100 Bloody Acres, he's obviously appeared in a lot of things that I've seen, notably... He was in The Nightingale. Yeah, yep. He's in Mindhunter as Charles Manson. And I would have seen him again for the fifth time as, as Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's right. Because he's he's in that as well. And a- according to him, there was a lot that was cut out of his uh, role as Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I'm hopeful will appear elsewhere because I, th- I think he's quite an engaging he is, screen yeah. presence. I've, I also read something to the that, uh, that he... Said in relation to being cast as Charles Manson twice, that was to the effect of part of the reason he he has been cast twice as Charles Manson is to do with the fact that they were allegedly they were a similar height, <laughs> so was a similar height to Charles Manson, so that's why one of the reasons he's yeah, yeah got that. But um, but and I was having this conversation with you prior, prior uh, prior to, prior to us starting to record. I've known about Angus Sams for a long time, and I've seen him. I've seen him a lot. Mm. When I was prepping for, for this podcast, I was there thinking, okay, how do we bring in the Angus Samson component? like, Angus Samson from. And I was like, fuck, where's he from? He's now, just shown up. He's and, just there. And yeah. honestly, like, and, and, and you said this as well, first time I would have seen Angus Samson would probably have been on Thank God You're Here. He
1: was, yeah, he was great in that show. Yeah, he like, was he, often
0: appearing. Yeah,
1: of he, he was frequently collaborated on the show. Um, And for those who didn't see the shows, it, it was essentially like a, a sketch comedy show. It kind of sim. Almost kind of similar a bit to Whose Line Is It Anyway, but like a little bit more sketch like Sketch-based. Yeah, yeah, sketch based kind of thing.
0: Well having said that, Whose Line Is It Anyway is like a, They're quite like quick yeah, fire like While well, this yeah. would
1: be like five minute sketches. Yeah, yeah. It's where they'd a, have like a yeah. they'd have a set and the and you'd literally just be thrown yeah. into the set and you'd just have to like try and figure out what what the scenario of the yeah and there is, and there, yeah. there
0: are people inside the the set who have got scripts or and are mm. and are inciting the performance from this person who has no idea all he's got cues from is what's around the set and things that he's wearing and the name. yeah yeah he or she I should, should yeah. say they but like he would frequently collaborate enough.
1: on that and like often often I found that like the the show a lot of like the dirty humour came from him yeah or Hamish <laughs> Blake I remember. Yeah, 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 him and Hamish Blake, like they—they they definitely like brought the edge to that show.
0: I, w- I hope they bring that back. That was quite a good show. I think I don't—I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work mm. now.
1: I mean, like they got like Reese Darby and stuff like, and Rebel yeah. Wilson were on there. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was before Rebel Wilson made it uh, big. You know, yeah, yeah, before Bridesmaids. Yeah. Um,
1: back in the day. Back
0: in the day, but yeah, I—I was trying to figure where I would have seen Angus Sampson before. Having said that, I think I would have seen Damon Harriman before seeing this movie, but I'm not sure where. I mm. really have no clue where. Um,
1: he's just got one of those faces. Yeah, he's
0: quite recognizable. I know that he was in that show Justified. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, which was an American production for, I think it was FX did that. Probably. And I know that Tarantino's a fan of that because um, that's based off a short story by Elmore Leonard, who's the guy that wrote Rum Punch that became Jackie Brown when.
1: Yeah, Tarantino yep.
0: and did it for the screen, so I think that uh, Damon Harriman's role in Justified is probably the reason for his casting in in um Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Having said that, I think that uh, One Hundred Bloody Acres is totally the kind of movie you can see Tarantino endorsing.
1: Oh, he'd be like, oh, I love it! Yeah. It's so great, so Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be freaking out about it and the chopping off of the fingers
0: and um I f- something I think we've kind of sidestepped is the the three. Festival goers that get brought into this bloody and filthy world, bloody of the acres, the, the bloody acres of <laughs> bloody the Morgan acres. brothers.
1: I quite like the. See, I'm terrible at remember, remembering the names of these people. Um, I quite like the one that gets his fingers chopped off and takes the
0: acid. He gets <laughs> on my fucking nerves. <laughs> like, I think, I, I think he's meant to get on your nerves. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's an he's an entertaining watch. You know what mm. I mean? But like, uh, I think each time I've watched it. Subsequent to the first time, he's he's gotten under my skin just because mm. he comes across as a bit of a prick. I just love the fact that that's w- the point. Though, I think
1: he, he, when he escapes, um, Angus Samson, and he yeah, and so he's going through like the like the the fairy tale village, mm. and and because he, yeah, he's knocked out Angus Samson, and he goes on this big trip, and then he wakes up. And then Angus Sampson's just like right next to yeah. him, just like hits him. I gums. I flinched
0: yeah. when I when I saw that. I've seen it a few times, and I've probably flinched like two out of three times. I'll flinch when the when Angus Sampson shoves the butt of the gun in the direction of the camera yeah, to imply yeah. that he's knocked out this guy. I thought it was cool that just before he gets into the uh, to the truck, when Reg picks him up the first time, he says something like, "I've just spent." Uh, three months living next to an open sewer in Jakarta, <laughs> and instantly you get this idea of the English traveller hipster. Yeah. Who's like, you know, that, that whole thing of like, yeah, I went, I Eating went to... Eating
1: his butter chicken. Yeah, it's like, I
0: went to India and got and got food poisoning for two months. It was great. <laughs> I thought that, like, like, that just paints such a strong picture it in does, such a short yeah, sentence. Yeah. I also don't think it's... it. I think it's probably the only movie that I've heard the phrase not here to fuck spiders in.
1: Yeah, no, I've... um. That, like, that's been a phrase that I've heard, you know, it's it's, it's quite a popular Bogan phrase it is. to say.
0: I don't, I don't understand what the implication is. I wasn't assuming anybody would ever want to fuck a spider, <laughs> so I don't know why. No, either. well,
1: I think it's just basically saying, well, we're not here to, you know, muck around kind of thing. We're yeah. here to do business.
0: To do business, but not with spiders.
1: Yeah, we're doing business, not with... Yeah,
0: yeah. fuck the spiders. Not literally, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point of the, the statement. We're not here to... <laughs> yeah, we're not here to fuck them. We're here to... Talk about one hundred bloody acres. One
1: hundred bloody
0: acres. No, I th- and I think there was there's a line as well, and on top of not here to fuck spiders, that I think is like a good innuendo that functions on like a Barry McKenzie level when they're talking about why, when you mulch someone while they're al- why they're al- while they're alive, the the potassium level is is high yeah. they say something like oh maybe it's because the the heart's still still going an overactive overactive gland and I heard that the first time I was like yeah heart is a overactive gland that sounds a bit filthy to me <laughs> but maybe that's just me being totally dirty yeah possibly <laughs> possibly, possibly. Pro- probably possibly. probably I just
1: like the whole um, the conversation or like um uh like Reggie keeps bringing it up about the city slickers yeah the city slicker
0: <laughs> Yeah, that 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 city slicker bit. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of like it's sort of a a reusable trope, isn't it? In any kind of, I think it's also used a lot in American movies. The idea of you know, damn city folk. Yeah,
1: them city. Yeah,
0: coming in, don't know how to light a fire, Mm. put up a tent. (laughs) I'll be real. I know how to put up a tent. Do you though? I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. But you Okay, know, okay. It's easier than putting together IKEA furniture.
1: we <laughs> give you that. Yeah.
0: Ask Rickard. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Arden's just like I don't know how to put up a
0: tent. You know, the bit when he's up, when he's in the uh, when he's in the caravan and he's um, masturbating to Rebecca Gibney and he pulls out a handkerchief, it's the same handkerchief that he then gives to wears after Whoa. his fingers have been cut off. Yeah. What's well, good about that bit when he does that, and he goes, "He goes, oh, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for shooting you." And Red just like, "Oh nah, she'll be right, mate." <laughs> I don't think I've seen, nah, she'll be right, mate," He's so chill before. about it. No, I love him. I think with the introduction of the, the the festival goers in from the very beginning, set up in the context of this movie is quite a traditional horror trope. Mm. You know what I mean? Of, of city folk conflicting with with the perceived backwardsness of country folk, not to say that they actually are, we're talking in yeah, stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. it's something that horror deals with and will probably continue to deal with ad nauseam um, but then you get this this bonding ground with Sophie and Reg where he sees a connection with her based on her connection to the country um, You paint; they paint the picture of James as this guy who's hopelessly in love with Sophie but is totally unaware of the fact that, that Wes has been sleeping with her behind his back despite this he's still longing to propose to her Having said that, the the two male uh, festival-goer characters I find quite irritating. Yeah. And I I don't know whether that's intentional or not, but I'm quite... I think it works in the context of my enjoyment of the movie that these characters are are irritating.
1: Yeah, well, and then I guess it works in a sense that, like, yeah, you find them irritating and then you kind of don't feel bad when, when horrible things happen to
0: them. Yeah, I... I agree, yeah, I agree. I think when, when uh Wes Cops it uh, there's a bit of me that's like, Oh, you well, you didn't deserve that, but um it's a bit of me that's like, Man, you've pissed me off this whole movie. Oh
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. But
0: um beyond that the James character, once he's once he finds out that Sophie's cheated on him. He goes on about it a lot and I understand why he's upset. He's also kinda like facing death. I don't know why that's his primary concern. Sure. Exactly. Surely the concern is like you want to get out and, and you know, ensure that you're not about to get Turned into mulch.
1: Exactly. Like he keeps asking about uh, when, like, ha- how many times has it been? Yeah. And what stuff were, like... you
0: were, yeah. were you wearing when you were drunk? It's like, Was he drunk? Mate,
1: you're like upside down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: hanging over a vat of blood. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, he pissed me off. Yeah. I like Sophie though. I think she's a really cool character. She is. I, I think. And I'm surprised how like engaging the the connection between Reg and Sophie is because on the one hand there's when when that the idea of that's in- introduced when she sits up the front with him mm. you feel like there is quite a strong bond yeah there be, is. between like a mutual fascination with country it's life
1: immediately torn away when they <laughs> <laughs> yeah when he chucks her in the shed
0: that's true yeah but then there's also the bit where she co- she coaxes him into kissing her mm. and you think initially like that that it is totally her um manipulating him but then there's a moment right after where they both look. At each other, yeah. and you feel like there is something there as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how plausible that is, but just the the, the addition of that to the story, I think, is a is a is a is an interesting one. Mm. I think, like I said, I think the 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 tropes that it plays with, as in horror, are quite base and quite and like I said, building on things that have come out of America and things that we know to have come out of Australia, like Wolf Wolf Creek and Wake and Fright. But I think its sense of humour is totally its own. Yeah. And that's the thing that drives it, particularly these two characters, and that's why I'd like to see to see more of it. Um, the Cairns brothers later effort was a film called Scare Campaign, which came out in I think two thousand and sixteen, okay, which wasn't yeah. wasn't too bad. It uh, it was less funny than One Hundred Bloody Acres, but more than that, the the humour that was in it I felt was a little more generic. Where mm. what you got with One Hundred Bloody Acres was very a, uniquely Australian, yeah, brilliant. and yeah. it was and it, it was a distinct flavour to that film. Yeah. Like, not just an Australian flavour, it was like, that's, I feel like, Two people have met up, talk mm. about what makes them laugh, Yeah. and we've got that in the in this movie. I don't think like
1: I would ever find a so, a catchy radio jingle about uh, blood fertilizer It'd be so funny in any other film. Yeah, you know?
0: I mean it's it's a total earworm as well. But I think that what's what's funny about it is the truth to it. When you hear small businesses go out and put out um you know...
1: Little jingles. Little jingles yeah. and things like that. Yeah.
0: And it's... Uh, I'm interested to see where, where... With the the adverts that they created that end up on the DVD, where they were intending for those to go. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you could put them on TV and have them play, because I think you'd need the pretense of it being in the context of a satire. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. I think they'd be too shit for people to... to, <laughs>
1: to for to, people to, to understand what they are.
0: Yeah, it would be like, what's this? And, I mean, the idea of, of intentionally making things schlocky and trashy mm. is going to go s- contribute some way to what we talk about next week.
1: That's that's what they... I, I feel like they maybe should have utilised YouTube a bit more. Because, like, remember... Again, okay, a bit of a stretch, but, like, remember for the release of the Thor Ragnarok uh, Blu-ray? Yes. They, are they... Well, I think it was either for the release of the Blu-ray or the release of the movie. They released those um those Thor and Daryl spin-offs.
0: That's right. Yeah. Where it was like
1: just little snippets on YouTube of like Thor hanging out with this guy called
0: Daryl. Yeah. Um, Do you know so what? I'm going to look up. i have just thought of something. What if that's how they've released it? We'll cut it. But um yeah. Hi, I'm Reg. And I'm Lindsay. And we're I'm here to tell, tell you about, about Morgan's, Morgan's Organic, organic blood, blood and Bone, blood and bone and Fertilizer. Blood. You've tried horse poo. You've tried mulch. But nothing works like our amazing new blend. Morgan's Organic Blood and Bone Fertiliser is rich in nitrate, calcium and potassium. So whether you're sprinkling on your veggies... Or sowing in summer... We'll get your garden growing great. That's a Morgan Brothers guarantee. Morgan Brothers guarantee, that is. We'll fertilise you. Okay, we're back. We're Um, back. So... This whole time I've been referring to these TV ads that they put on the DVD extras of 100 Bloody Acres. To my amazement, not amazement, but to my Surprise. sheer delight, <laughs> uh, they're all available on YouTube under a, a uh, YouTube channel It's actually called Morgan's Organic. We'll get More your than- garden growing great. That's a Morgan Brothers guarantee, and there's a Facebook page, yeah. and is it is it in line with the Morgan Brothers? It fucking it is. It is. It's
1: got a picture of Angus Oh, my Sanson. goodness. Here we
0: go. Dude, the total world building of this, I think, is, it's is there, gone. Is that a finger I see? Is that a severed finger? There's a picture of a single finger that looks like one of the characters has gone out of their way to, to like, Oh, my gosh, test, I'm following this page. Test the, <laughs> test the, the function of a camera. I also just realised I was screaming into the microphone there, but I'm just so excited. That oh, this is so great. Like this is I,
1: Christmas.
0: Sorry. Hold sorry. On. There's, a, there's a picture here of got a spare finger, we'll take it off your hands as if to say, tell us what body part you want to sell and we'll give you an instant appraisal <laughs> as if to suggest that they're taking like organic matter from people of people that they don't want. But like I was saying, the, the fact that there's this world building that's going on with these characters that... that Along with the movie not getting the recognition I think it deserves is kind of going, is kind of you know being swept under the rug is so depressing because yeah. this this construction is so brilliant and yeah. beautiful. Oh, ch- check out this movie. More than that, do check it. out the online presence <laughs> that they've got on on um on YouTube and on Facebook and check out all the TV ads that they do and the performance of Angus Sampson and Damon Harriman in this movie and the.
1: So what oh, you're saying is Christ we should start God. a Morgan's Organic uh, fan group.
0: Totally, dude. Like, the yeah. fact that not many people saw it... I'll tell, tell you what, the last time I saw it before I watched this, watched it for the purpose of this pod, that's a yeah. question I haven't asked you yet, um, was when a local video shop was closing down and I went there with a friend of mine and they were part... They were selling all of the, their ex-rentals for like a dollar each because they wanted to get rid of all their, their, their backlog of things that they had been renting out through, yeah, out yeah. through their history. And my mate was saying, oh, have you got anything that you'd recommend? And I was like, oh, yeah, this movie, and it was 100 bloody acres. And mm. I showed it and showed it to him and he enjoyed it. I honestly think that this movie has got an appeal that that a lot of people will appreciate, that it just simply hasn't found the audience. Exactly. I don't think the the lack of appreciation of it is indicative of, a, of poor quality. I just simply think it isn't as... Out there in the sense that it's not as uh, people aren't as aware mm. of it as I wish they were, and I think they should be. On yeah, the basis like, that it's, I, such a good I movie. could
1: definitely see, like, if if yeah, if we did start talking about it more, like, we I, I could see a lot of people in my circles latching onto something like this, just yeah, cause it's oh, so it's... like
0: it's so quotable, too. It is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and each of these TV ads. I mean, the, the when I when I said we're back, it was after I showed Jesse two of them. Yeah, and instantly the song stuck in my head. Yeah. The chirpiness of Reg then turning to the camera at the end oh, of it saying, so "We'll home-ful. fertilize you." Yeah, oh, it's so it's so indicative of just like you know a small business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> triumphant spirit but yeah. obviously a lot of the humour that comes from the movie is that there's this image that's then backed by the homicidal yeah. behaviour that goes that goes what, on behind the scenes. What,
1: one thing we haven't really discussed is... Okay, because this was my first time watching it. I just kind of love the fact that, like, how it's, it's so innocent at the start with, like, um, Reg, and then it just randomly turns into, like... Like it, it, just randomly spir- spirals into like complete violence.
0: But then even like, Rages is, is uh, comparatively innocent to compared to, to compared to Lindsay. That even when he discovers the the body of the the roadie, mm. he's there like he's there like t- he's like, oh, you're right, mate. Yeah. Right? And the guy's clearly dead and yeah. fucked up. <laughs> no, but like the bit that like I just found so humorous is like you know
1: they, um he rocks up at uh, Lindsay's place then and, and they got the tourists there and he puts um. Sophie in the shed and, and, and the two blokes are in the back of the van, kind of thing. And immediately Angus Serpson just goes, Right, <laughs> we're going to churn him up, kind yeah. of thing. Like, there's just, there's, there's, it doesn't ease you into it. No. It just, it all of a sudden is like, Right, okay, like, He's not thinking that logically. Yeah. He, he immediately resorts to well, I think the
0: idea is that this character has had a plight prior to this movie that's that's seen him devolve into mm. into uh, sadism. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's references to him having anger problems, you know, you remember what Arnie Nance said? Take deep breaths, or you know, her saying, "Do you go and see that that friend of mine about your anger problems?" Yeah. More than that, when they're putting the dude through the mincer, he seems to totally be relishing the fact that. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Blood
0: and guts are splattering everywhere. He says
1: something about ma- uh, making them go through slower. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like, "You
0: want to, you want to preserve the uh, the, the, the minerals. Potassium. Yeah, <laughs> he wants my potassium. Yeah. Um, also, did you see through the house? There's points where there are photos and drawings of them as younger brothers. Oh, like really? Younger, younger I kids.
1: I did not see that. Oh, no.
0: ne- next time you watch it, just before there's the revelation of uh, Lindsay and the auntie on the side of the of, of the doorway. There's. A photo one on top of the other that's Damon, a young Damon Harriman and a young Ang- Angus Sampson and they're kind of like artistic impressions that look like they've been done with a lead pencil. Yeah. Um, more than that there's a picture of picture of them with presumably either Aunt Nance or their mum. Yeah. And yeah. it looks like they've done that whole thing of getting a, a photo of the actors when they were younger and mm. photoshopping Photoshop them, it onto yeah. the bodies of, of shorter people to give the impression of a family photo. Yeah. yeah. Um it's good. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't mean to suck the mighty cock of 100 Bloody Acres, but I feel like it's so underappreciated. It, it's so deserving of the, the verbal is. fellatio like, we, we've been Like
1: we, we can only talk about this movie enough. Um, we, yeah, it is just so great. You need to go check it out. Yeah.
0: Actually, you know what? I think uh, we might have oversold it. We may have oversold it. No. But, I mean, I mean, I don't think we've oversold it, but I if think... If
1: that gets people to watch it... Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's a win-win, but I, I I, worry that saying that it's so, so great, we're, we're going to give people, like, a... a,
1: a high um, expectation. Yeah, and
0: uh, an impossible idea of how good it is.
1: Yeah. I think, okay, our excitement of this movie is... Yeah, okay, it's not the greatest movie no. of all time. We're, why we are this ex- enthusiastic about it is of the fact that it is yeah so underappreciated that like it is the fact it is a is like, yeah, yeah it's borderline criminal that it's yeah. like not as popular as it should be yeah
0: exactly that's the way I feel about it and there's a little bit of me like if I were younger I can like I can see myself and being hell edgy, just uncovering it and then reveling in the fact that no one knew about it but yeah man, <laughs> I'm uh, we're sharing it yeah please go out and watch please. this movie watch it do yourself a favor
1: Mm-hmm. it's on iTunes. Probably at one of the seven video rental
0: stores yeah, out there. if Yeah, if, if if not, there's a chance it'll be at JB Hi-Fi. And if it's there, I'm guessing it'll go cheap because I bought my Blu-ray copy for about $12. Oh, that's good. DVD is going to be a little bit cheaper, I'd say. Mm. Um, so if you get the chance to buy it, This movie needs to break even. I suspect it it possibly hasn't. Um, I think they're probably
1: all homeless now. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine, like, I can just imagine Angus Sampson just sitting like on some street, just like, "You go forever, mate." (laughs) No, the the
0: residuals he'd be getting from Fury Road'd probably be enough to. to Oh
1: yeah, for his (laughs) three seconds in it.
0: No, but yeah, no, but yeah, that's the second time I've done this in this series of podcasts. 100 Bloody Acres. 100 Bloody Acres. It's a bloody good time. Go give it 100
1: Bloody Watches.
0: And that's a Morgan Brothers guarantee.
1: That's a Morgan Brothers guarantee.
0: That is... Whoever wrote that is a fucking...
1: Yeah, whoever wrote that jingle...
0: So much effort. I know. Why isn't it appreciated? (laughs) (laughs) Audiences are shit. They're the worst. hate them. The fact that this movie is so... Far under the carpet. Yeah. Like, please... Go watch it. ...people out there. Scream it from the rooftops. The three people that listen to us. Yeah. We beg you, if you haven't watched 100 Bloody Acres, give it a go. (laughs) Colin and Cameron Cairns, I look forward to what you do next.
1: Yeah. And obviously Angus Sampson. uh, And David Yeah. Incredibly underrated actors.
0: Yes, I agree. I really like... And I think these two characters are incredibly underrated, Mm. and I wish... I wish there was some...
1: A second life for yeah, these characters. Yeah, I wish characters. there was some
0: pull to bring them out in another kind of...
1: Maybe a reboot.
0: Product. No. No, no. How dare you. No, no. I mean a like... Reboot. A reboot.
1: Maybe a reboot in the form of a long form, or like a limited
0: series TV. Oh, yeah, so. maybe a retelling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe bring back those two, ca- those two actors and change all the other ones or something like that. That's a
0: cool idea. Yeah. I mean, they Let's pen it. this right now. Let's Come end. on,
1: here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who cares about copyright? I think that... But the thing is, I don't see why this wouldn't be the kind of thing that people would finance. I think that... Oh, maybe the, the track record. But I don't think the track record's indicative of a, of a quality that this that this movie has. I think the movie is better than how it's been received. Yeah. Financially, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, having said that, can you think of a movie that's so bad that it was deserving of earning, like, $24,000?
1: A movie so bad? Yeah. No, not really. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, not, not fair. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's that's really. Anyway, not one hundred bloody
0: acres. I G- think. Give it a gander. It a go. There's also not a lot of information out there to, to relate to. That's why I scoured the mm. the internet and the the special features on DVD. I mean, the it's DVD probably got a page
1: on the screen, in Australia or something like that. I believe it does. Yeah. Yes,
0: but uh, there's that. They mainly just like production and technical. Yeah, space just like
1: them. oh, so and so was the key grip on this. Yeah. And,
0: John Jarrett appears. Yeah, John there.
1: Jarrett's there.
0: I mean, as if... And his glorious sideburns. You know, we're... we're <laughs> <they are quite laughs> glorious. He's got a comb over in this one, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, well, we've picked an especially niche product this week. Yeah, we have. And it's only going to get niche from here.
1: <laughs> Next thing you know, we're going to just be watching Morgan Brothers, like, videos. <laughs>
0: Each episode is like a review of all... And that's a Morgan Brothers <laughs> guarantee. Um... What do you reckon? Do you reckon that the next thing that we're going to be talking about is more or less popular than 100 Bloody Acres?
1: I would say this has a slightly bigger cult following than 100 Bloody Acres. I agree. Um, but I think as well just the fact that uh, what we're going to be watching, so season one of Danger 5, uh, really? I think that this kind of show is just kind of takes the piss out of schlocky action TV shows from, like, the 50s and 60s. So it's, like, it's got more of a universal appeal to it. Um, almost to the extent where you don't even realise that it is actually made by Australians. Mm. A
0: lot of the humour is dealing with um, film language and how that can be used shittily. Yeah, yeah. But we forgot to do something. Forgot to play the trailer. Here we go. All right, let's get straight to the biscuits. World War II.
1: The Nazis are making their mark on Europe. Adolf Hitler wants to take the world and keep it all for himself. (laughs) Hitler's days are numbered because Danger 5 are on the case.
0: So that was the trailer. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? It does. If- I don't think you'll get the. I don't think you'll get the gist of it if you have. Like <laughs> yeah. The other thing is like we were saying at the end of the last episode, like oh, we wanted to introduce you to hundred bloody acres. I feel like it's it's very hard to sell Danger Five over mm. t- just discussion of it. But it is essentially it's some it's similar to something like mm. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place in terms of something that deals with uh, schlocky production values and that being mine for, for yeah, comedy. Yeah, but yeah. this time in the guise of sort of a 60s serialised na- narrative that concerns a Thunderbirds-esque Yeah, team. it's got
1: a very Thunderbirds-like, um, uh, f- oh, what's the name? Aesthetic. G.I. Joe kind of yeah. vibe to it. And there's
0: even a little bit of Team America in there. Yeah. But concerning real people, for the most part, with the exception of the sets that are clearly... Mm. Made
1: and an eagle man, and, ma- and literally
0: for no reason at all, a man with an eagle's head. Um, and it concerns shut up, <laughs> The titular Danger Five in their plight to in each episode kill Hitler, yeah, in various pulpy, extravagant, and mm. absurd ways, yeah. Um, after it, he's got some weird plot to,
1: yeah, it get it's pay. very much a satire on uh common cliches and tropes from those kind of T V shows and like it really yeah, it's it's made by an Australian production crew and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just the fact that it's it isn't too it isn't very on the nose about its Australianness no. at all. Um, I think you get you get it with the
0: occasional appearance of an actor like mm. Sean McAuliffe's in the second series.
1: That's right,
0: yeah. Um I think, now I think about it, I don't think there's an Australian accent in it that are either American, Mm. English, or uh, Russian, or is it Spanish?
1: I think there is some Spanish people. The, the, uh, what's s- that guy? Quote, Spanish.
0: <laughs> what's that, guys? Um, we'll talk about this when we get to ne- Dantive yeah, 5 Series. One. Yeah,
1: next time. Next time. I'm very excited. I'm so keen
0: for Well, this. and the reason we're talking about it is I think it's coming out in two days from now, on the 23rd of August. It's, it's being re-released on Blu-ray. Yeah,
1: it only got a DVD release a couple of years yeah. ago,
0: didn't it? Yeah. And I So I've got them each on DVD. Um, I, I, I might get it on Blu-ray, but at the minute I don't know that there's any additional pull to get it on Blu-ray without additional... Doesn't the it have additional...
1: the, little, the little posters in it? As well. Oh fuck
0: that! That's so yeah. I'm getting it because I'm I'm a bitch for those kind of like collectible things. Like if you want me to buy a second copy of something, Chuck so in me, a poster. Yeah, put in a postcard.
1: See now you understand
0: when I went and saw Force Awakens. And That's I right. The poster. <laughs> and we've come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I I, I like podcasts are now like jokes where the punchlines are set up hours before <laughs> and then end hours later.
1: I mean. You consider those jokes.
0: <laughs> well, I laughed. Uh, yeah. I had a bit of a giggle. Bit of a gig had, I had of a chuckle. Bit of a anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyways, tune in next time for Danger Five.
0: Series one. Series. Before one. we do, before we do, if you I think it's not on any streaming service.
1: It was on Netflix. I'd it watch was, yeah. I a few years ago, when I first got Netflix, I had watched season one on Netflix. Yeah. I was like, what is this? And then like I, you know fell in love with it and and then they removed it from Netflix like about a couple of months later because i I really wanted i I'd, I'd never gotten around to watching season two, and I was getting ready to watch it, and then it just disappeared, and I was like, okay, cool, I guess I'm not watching this then so yeah,
0: yeah, so hopefully if there's anybody out out if there's anybody out there inclined to watch it you'll find a means to do yeah. so.
1: Hopefully one day Stan might get the streaming I, can,
0: I I'm surprised it isn't on Stan. Yeah. But do a lot of programs that are on SBS go to Stan or is that more a Netflix thing? Because you know how usually the production house yeah, yeah. is signed to deal with. Or
1: even on like SBS. Yeah, why why isn't it on SBS?
0: Well, I, I saw it for the first time on SBS in 2012 and then before the second series came out, they put all all the first season up again yeah and i watched it through there but um yeah usually sbs has a has a log of things that they just keep on mm. on their uh on-demand service yeah well hopefully it's out there for people to watch and i totally suggest you do as you should watch There are only like ogres. 20
1: or so minute episodes yeah, so it's, sure. e- yeah. It, yeah, it's easy for you to bring yeah. This through yeah
0: and yeah. it doesn't require a lot of
1: and you can attention. kind of watch them out of water to an extent yeah probably there, like it's it's serialized. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Dude, that's so official. Yeah, I know. Thank so you official. for listening. Thanks
1: for listening. Thanks for listening. This has been a... <laughs> Wait, how um, how does the radio show finish in... In what? In 100 Bloody Acres?
0: I don't know. It's burning... Bernie. I don't know. Thanks for listening to Bernie. This has been a Morgan Brothers product. No, it hasn't. A, Mo- um, a Morgan Brothers guarantee. This is the we guarantee this wasn't a Morgan Brothers Australian
1: guarantee. Australian made. Here we it's, go. Support your local grower. <laughs> Anyways, bye. Good night, folks. Good night. That's all, folks. Morgan's organic. We'll get your
0: garden growing great. Oh, that's
1: a Morgan Brothers guarantee.